Welcome everybody to the Christian Marauder. Did you know that there is something called the synagogue of Satan at work in the world today? It began when iniquity was found in the heart of Lucifer and the first to join. Guess who they were? They were one third of the angels in heaven that influenced the movers and the shakers of the world today as I brought out in part seven and part six of this uh, series on prophetic fingerprints we're going to look at how to combat some of these today so here we go the devil's plan was brutally simple he wanted to have god submit to his will by outsmarting god by pitting god's absolute character traits against each other in order to prove to god himself that he ain't all that able to live true to all that he is so he's trying to entrap god to act contrary to himself he's teaching that to humanity and this synagogue of satan the devil became god of this world system when humanity fell in the garden of eden and now human beings have joined in this synagogue of satan and what is the result of all this it is called luciferianism and luciferianism began in the garden of eden and continues to this day in a great spiritual war for the hearts minds and souls of men and women all throughout the world even children in revelation chapter 2 verses 9 and revelation chapter 3 verse 9 the apostle john mentions there's something called the synagogue of satan that's made up of those who say they are jews or praisers but are not who blasphemy and lie this describes all who appear as angels of light both human and angelic these are infiltrators to influence thought in Jewish, Christian, as well as secular world elites, the movers and the shakers, who lie and blaspheme in order to do everything they can to disprove God is able to live true to himself in all his ways. That is the synagogue of Satan. They want to set something up, make a new world. They want to build something back better. And we see this, in fact, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, when Ezekiel looked through the hole in the temple wall in ancient Israel and saw those weeping for Tammuz. And Tammuz represents this world leader. They wanted to arise to control the world with the world's elites to basically rule alongside with this world ruler. This is also seen in the ancient world governed by tyrants uh, and the main crux of their form of government is central planning. Ancient pagan religions all contain similar themes. The need for a one-world rule by a group of elite leaders headed by a godlike world emperor. This helps explain why the ancient Egyptian and Romans and even the Far Eastern kings were worshipped as gods. We see this in secular history when people arose to conquer the world, like Alexander the Great, Napoleon Bonaparte, Adolf Hitler. All kinds of people have these whacked out ideas. They're going to conquer the world and set up a world of central planning. The same theme has been modernized and spread today. It's called a new world order. But now, according to Bible prophecy, it'll come about in a more sophisticated manner. For the sake of simplicity here, I need to oversimplify it. I'll be guilty of oversimplification right now for all the nitpickers out there. I need to oversimplify because the modern synagogue of Satan works to bring all world leaders, all commerce, all religions into a one world system, into a collective utopia for the elites and a dystopia for the rest of us. Lucifer's dominion is at the root of all totalitarian world revolutionary movements. These all mirror the tactics of the evil one that involves tearing down the existing order through infiltration in order to control chaos, in order to build back into a better state, in order to uh, 
have God act in a contrary manner against his nature, which they will fail. How are they going to do this? What, is, what does it look like? Well, let's look. First, by justifying the need for totalitarian dictatorship. Okay? This will lead to the devil's own to rule the earth called the antichrist at a future date and time but before that there is this push that you need a totalitarian dictatorship you need somebody because you know if you have a republic where people debate and discuss things that takes too long takes too long it takes too long we need dictatorship we need to do it now we got to do it the narcissist way doesn't matter if the narcissist will commit a global suicide you know they're just going to do it because they think their way is the best. It leaves out all discussion, all debate, all rules of science, all everything. It's just their way or the highway. Very bad, very bad. But that is how the Antichrist will rule in the end. Well, the synagogue of Satan initiates human agents to help with this Luciferian plan to dominate and control all. How? By destroying all that is decent and good under the guise of helping and aiding humanity to become better by becoming a unity, a collective hive, and is sold to the richest men on earth and the movers and shakers of the earth first, who are enticed to control it all. Okay, that's how it happens. As I stated in prior parts of this series, in 5, 6, and 7, those involved in this are world leaders, world elites, the great men and merchants of the earth, just like the book of Revelations talks about. They have vast power. They have vast wealth. These individuals will end up forming what is known as a synagogue of Satan. A synagogue means an assembly, an assembly who gathered around Satan, Luciferianism, to work through the earth, to enlighten the earth, that you don't need God. You can destroy his order, you need, and he can build it back better, and you can control it all. And, and that's what they're all about. The Luciferian elite consists of approximately 3,000 of the richest families in the world. They had banks, commerce, finance, governments, and so forth. They, in turn, work through other human agents in what appears to be a giant pyramid scheme under, under the disguise to better humanity according to their dictates. What they see is good for food, spiritual food, and physical food. That's what they want to feed everybody on. They think this is a great idea. This is enlightening the eye. They want to spread the Luciferian light over the world that they are just out bettering everybody. They have detailed, detailed plans how to silence the opposition and how to present chaos to destroy and maim and mutilate and kill lots of people in order to achieve this utopia for them and dystopia that they control for the rest of us okay all under the disguise to better humanity according to them the more i look into this the more i'm convinced that the vast majority of these three thousand richest folks are involved in the highest forms of deep occultism not i be to be fair not all of them are but i'm beginning to piece together by what i hear them say on their websites and online and how what they're saying how they mirror occultists alice bailey flavasky and others and they put it into political action and, and all the stuff about spirit cooking we heard and all this stuff man i'm telling you it's there there is a cadre of these people up there okay and then that's why i say that they are involved in deep occultism for example klaus schwab of the world economic forum as well as the un mirrors much of what occultist alice bailey channeled for the need of a collectivist new world order a new age where everything synthesized into one cosmic hum one world religion one world government to control it all with a one world leader 
uh, the, 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 the new Christ, uh, the Christ consciousness become human flesh, the leader that will rule the world. That is their idea. These folks work through lower order occultists and non-occultists. Not all are involved in satanic luciferianism, as a lot of people think. They instead are influenced by their rhetoric and their ideas and slowly initiated into it without a lot of them even knowing they are. To, and they all it's all about creating a new world order and all a lot of these people have great intentions because you don't sell rat poison until it's rat poison you sugarcoat it so people just look at the sugar coating it looks good it tastes good but they can't see the poison inside so these people are being used as useful idiots because these people lie it's all about destroying God's existing order and they are totally enamored with these fallen watchers and their ideas that are being channeled to them through occult means to make a better world utopia because they have all the answers. So let me share a bit on this again for the limits of time's sake here I'm being oversimplistic so please research more about this for yourself. Okay check me out okay. These folks consist of the great merchants and men of the earth, as Revelations 18 speaks about. They form business monopolies to control governments, to steer them to their desired end, which is eliminate all competition by destroying the free market capitalism by which they control the world and its people. We know this as corporatism today. Corporatism is not about free markets, but takeover and control of all aspects of life. To do this, they need a form of government that they can work through to that end, that suits their temperament. Through trial and error of history, they fell in love with Marxism, communism. They think that's great because, well, to make a long story short here, during the 1930s up to the current date, they infiltrated schools, seminaries, governments, businesses, media, etc., so forth, to push this agenda. Most notorious of this group in the modern times was called the Cambridge Five. Now, who were the Cambridge Five? They were a ring of spies from Cambridge University in Great Britain who sided with the Communist Party in Russia. None of the known members were ever prosecuted for spying, but they were unmasked. The number and membership grew even larger as years passed and formed uh, what Alice Bailey would call seed groups throughout the West to move all toward a new world order, to infiltrate churches, infiltrate media, infiltrate government, infiltrate arts and entertainment, all kinds of things to get a people into a collective hive mindset. And they want to move into a new world order. Seed groups were recruited, sold out to plant their ideas in media, arts, entertainment, and government, and science, and health, and education, and the military, and redefining of the family. For example, psychologist Alfred Kinsey produced a report called the Kinsey Report that explored and redefined what human sexuality is and, and led that you can have sex with anything goes revolution that helped destroy the family. Now let's get back to the Cambridge Five. There were five men who led the charge to bring about a one world order. Their names were Donald McLean, Guy Burgess, who both fled to the Soviet Union after being exposed and hid there in 1951. Next was Harold Philby, who eventually fled in 1963. Anthony Blunt and John Karen Cross were the last 
two of the five. Blunt's involvement was kept secret until 1975 and Karen Cross until 1990. All five were absolutely dedicated to the belief that Marxist-Leninism of the Soviet communism was the best political system on earth. All were from elite-leading families, too. In fact, many thought that Baron Rothschild was a sixth member of this group, of uh, the original five, as well as a few others. And one of the reasons for the long cover-up and ignoring of the damage these folks did was due to the high-order more secretive group of world elites that were pulling the string. The original five were part of what is known as the Cambridge Apostles, or the Converse Zone, the Conversion Zone, and that was formed as an intellectual society at the University of Cambridge in 1820. This goes way back. This goes back to the Garden of Eden, but here in 1820s, it starts to get codified here. It was a secret society of sorts, a world of made up of world movers and shakers, made up of 12 apostles who made more apostles over time. A lot of folks in the Hellfire Club of England at that time were members, okay, back in the eight, uh, the 1700s. Just go back and look. This goes way back to the Jacobins and the French Revelation. It goes back all the way to Babylon, if you want to know. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, if you really want to track it back to them. Well, this became codified in the Conversion Zone Society, the Cambridge Apostles, in 1820. And they met in secret to discuss and debate and later scenario plan on how to create a perfect world and other things too, like how to plan for opposition. If you move this piece here, this, 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 with this, with the intricate plans were formed on how to take over the world. Uh, so the, the richest, the elitist families can have, who know how to manage finances, can have all the world resources enforced by an all-powerful one-world government. Along with the Cambridge Five, there were also other notable members of that group of the Apostles of Cambridge. One was Bertrand Russell, and E.G. Moore, and John Maynard Kinsey. John Maynard Kinsey. If you recall from a prior video I did, on this subject, John Maynard Kinsey modified what is known as the Nazis' economic plan for growth at the end of the war, whether they be conquered or if they conquer, okay? And the plan was to make a one-world currency to control the world. This would achieve by taking the world off the gold currency and turn it into paper money, and then tax and spend to collapse the economies of the world to achieve a fascist slash utopia so what kinsey did was turn it into a marxist dystopia where all the big banks and other notables were the sole owners of the economy they wanted to push for a one world uh, economy a one world currency they were all about pushing at the band core a one world currency that's what that was about other members of this Cambridge Apostle Club here that was founded in 1820 and still exists today was J.F.D. Maurice, founder of Christian Socialism. How do you like that? And Victor Rothschild, the financier. Others were powerful in politics in the U.K. and U.S. Congress. They were seen in civil service, law and literature, in the church, in education, in science, in medicine, economics, and technology all following the Luciferian plan of Alice Bailey to conquer the world through infiltration. These goals match that of what Luciferianism is all about, 
to do the opposite of the Ten Commandments. Alfred Pike's Luciferian Creed states, Everything God has made known to be displeasing to God is pleasing to Lucifer, okay? For example, God created humanity with a free moral will and reason and creativity, and for fellowship to love God and be able to govern life by all that is decent and good. Luciferianism is the opposite. It seeks to control humanity's free moral will and reason and creativity to destroy all that is decent and good by becoming automatons. Because their idea is we need to make automatons easily controlled and manipulated so we can avoid any pushback. Okay? They're easily controlled under a totalitarian system that seeks to slowly dismantle God's creative design and order by erasing gender, erase the family, erase human differences. Luciferianism demands regimentation with everything centralized and made as much alike as possible through integration. It has nothing to do with race but uses race to bring together parts so they form one giant whole into one vast conglomeration of humanity without any distinctive features, any distinctive cultures, any distinction of racial traits, uh, no distinction in peculiarities. They want automatons, just like Klaus Schwab wrote in the first edition of the um, the currency version of the um, uh, the fourth industrial revolution, where he said the purpose of digitation, making integrating human biology into the digital world, is to for automation, that so that people are easily controlled and exploited by a superior elite class, them who know better how to run your life. If they can control every aspect of your life, they can avoid all the pushback, all the discussion. They rule it all. That's the idea. It's all about a blend of super capitalism, a.k.a. corporatism, and communism. Corporatism is about stomping out competition. It's a company store model that is enforced by a strong, tyrannical government. This is the modern equivalent of the synagogue of Satan with its Cambridge apostles, secret societies, the UN, so forth, etc., steering all into a new world order. The World Economic Forum and elites, you can check this out for yourself, have plans to alter human DNA, use technology like smart dust, digital tattoos, use behavior modification uh, techniques, wear this on, take it off, modern behavior techniques, science, industry, eugenics to control and track and monitor the entire world population and to stop all opposition to this plan. Well, that, folks, that's what they want. They have the technology. They have the technology in place for this to happen. They're putting it together. They're trying it out. They're doing experimentation. They're very detailed in their plans. They're easy to find. They're on the website. They're all over the place. And these plans are being further developed even as we speak. My point in all this, in a, in a simplistic way, is many of these super elitist folks are practicing high forms of spiritual warfare by contacting demonic world to help set up the devil's rule on earth by legalizing all manner of blasphemy and lies so that God is forced to return to earth in one final battle in hopes of having God act contrary to his own nature that he would somehow unjustly destroy humanity or whatever. The goals, uh, that's the goal. So that the devil can, so that is the goal. So that the devil can exalt his throne above God's. He doesn't want to destroy God. If he destroyed God, all life would cease, including his. That's why he wants to exalt his throne above God and control God. He wants to control it all. He wants to be God Almighty himself. These are world's elites who are in this 
deep occult club are being used as dupes headed to their own destruction. This is seen in Revelation chapter 18 and the final battle seen in Revelation 19 where God wins. In Revelation 18, uh, all the world's elites and great men of the earth and the merchants of the earth will sit there and go, oh boy, we just burned down the system. We burned our own mean of prosperity. The Antichrist chap here we helped put in place to help us went to war against us. Whoops, whoops, I had an OIC moment. It's too late. It's too late. Too late, you dummies. Too late. Can't make friends with a dragon. In Revelation 19, Jesus comes back, wipes these people out, and uh, restores a millennial kingdom. Much on that later as we continue in this series up till the very end god's people are called to combat all this how through spiritual warfare these folks know the conjuring rites are not getting away with all kinds of strange stuffs that are you and me are seeing right today this is true and we got to in the christian church stop denying that these people have power you got to stop that the devil doesn't have any power in the world. you got to stop all this stuff right now. So, folks, the, the church needs to get off its high horse. This type of warfare is far different than most teach on. You can't cast Satan into hell or his head minions before their time. You can bind, loose, and thwart, and expose their plans. I mean, if just think for a second. Angel Michael, when disputing over the body of Moses, said the Lord rebuke thee, Satan. He didn't say cast the devil into the abyss. He just said the Lord rebuke thee. So there, there's a principle there. We just were smart enough to look. Okay, so what I want to go and the direction I want to go today is show you how to fight this stuff in a way that is probably new to most people, even though I taught on it in this very channel. I'm going to go back to that and teach on it again so you can understand a little bit better what you're up against and how to fight against this stuff. Okay? Well, well what do you do? What is spiritual warfare? Well, I don't have time to go into all the aspects of spiritual warfare. So if you're a Christian and you know about spiritual warfare, um, these techniques on spiritual warfare have been taught over the millennia over years and years and years like know who you are in christ that you are under his authority be under his authority with humility uh part of spiritual warfare is repentance you got to know your authority as a believer in christ against dark forces that you have granted by the, the cross of christ i'm not going to go over all these topics and this messages and there's a lot more out there you can go to my spiritual warfare series on my channel are on the daily renegade and you can find out more there's a lot of stuff on spiritual warfare implement everything you learned and apply them to what i'm going to share with you here and add to what i'm about to say to your spiritual warfare repertoire so what is that you ask well let's look at ezekiel chapter 13 verses 17 through 23 that'll tell you all you need to know here where i'm going so with that, let's look at Ezekiel 13, verse 22 to find out what I'm talking about here. Notice what it says and see if you are experiencing any of this as I read uh, this verse. Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 22. And it says out of the New King James, Because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad. And the word sad in Hebrew means disheartened, brokenhearted, a loss of hope, gloom despondency that comes through intimidation 
by a foe that comes across as unstoppable and superior. That's what that little word means. Because with lies you've made the righteous sad. And sad means disheartened. Uh, you're intimidated by a foe that comes across as unstoppable and superior. Look what it says here. Whom I, the Lord God, I'm, that's what the word I means, means the Lord God have not made sad. There's a different tense meaning here. It means sorrowful because you're being oppressed. And you, meaning evil people, have strengthened the hands of the wicked so that he does not turn from his wicked way to save his life. This describes how the darkest forms of Luciferianism, occultism, works. Okay, I'm uncovering the deep, dark secrets here. It is achieved by the darkest, most vile, high-order forms of occult sorcery and conjuring rites you can imagine. Aleister Crowley practiced some of this stuff, but even that is tame in comparison to what these folks do. Who then are these wicked people who act with moral superiority to crush our hopes and dreams or way of life by disheartening us, crushing us, intimidating us? Better yet, how are they doing this and getting away with it? Well, how they use occultic Im imagery in ads. We see their occultic phrases and stuff like build back better in their writings, their slogans, and their words. They're doing it through education and things like critical race theory, through the media, through government mandates, through indoctrination. It is before our very eyes, and we are seeing it. It's, this is examples of the intimidation that they practice and conjure to make people believe this trash. The high-order occult world uses intimidation that conjures up spiritual enforcers, demonic forces, to enforce all this on a people. And you are witnessing it right now. It seems hopeless to resist, doesn't it? Your mind is scrambled. You're overwhelmed by constant data. You can't even watch the news. You turn it off. You just... Give me distractions. I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't handle this anymore. I'm losing our country. We're losing our world. UK is, is ready to collapse. Australia is going through hell. Uh, Western Europe is collapsing. The, the, the world we know is going to be destroyed. It's the fourth industrial Reich. I mean, the fourth industrial revolution, as Klaus Schwab would say, is going to come in like a flood to pound you and force everybody into a collective utopia you don't want to live in. It's going to come and hit and pound with such ferocity that nobody can resist the change. That's what it's about. That's what Marxism does. It's intimidation. There's a spiritual entities behind the people doing this is what I'm saying. And they are the world elite of the synagogue of Satan who are practicing a craft against us to create a hopeless situation in the hearts and minds of men. And guess what the church is to do? To stand up against it. Well, who are these people? For starters, they are those who are controlled by what I call the Ephesians 6.12 crowd. The head principality, the powers, the rules of darkness, the host of wickedness in the heavenly places, the ones who Alice Bailey identified as the hierarchy, uh, ADAPs or APS, who steer the hearts of the world elites to destroy all that is decent and good to build it back better for them, but not so much for the rest. The Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but also it makes it plain that flesh and blood is controlled by these. We are also called to make a stand against them, even in open conflict when they threaten the very life that God made on earth. Okay, Which, by the way, these people are doing. You don't believe me? Jesus said after his resurrection, you need to go buy a sword. We are to walk as he walked. 
We call, he called those under the devil's control a brood of vipers, did he not? Ecclesiastes says there's a time and season for every purpose under heaven. So I wonder what time it is. Hmm. Ezekiel chapter 13 verse 17 and verse 18 explains who we are to battle. These dark powers are using these people to work through first. And who is explained in Ezekiel chapter 13. So let's look. Likewise, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own heart and prophesy against them. So let me stop here. This verse is something we can use in spiritual warfare. We can prophesy against them. The word prophecy used here means to be under influence of the Holy Spirit, to help us pray with effect, to pray with a righteous anger, with a righteous petition, to speak forth what God is going to do with these superior-minded, hubristic occultists and to battle against their spiritual handlers. Why? To counter their conjuring, declaring, and decrees of what they are going to do to us. It's all, they're open about it. We're hearing it every single day, and the church is largely stupid about this, folks. They are open about this. It's all over the place. If you don't believe me, watch the news. If you don't believe me, the entire world is about to flip into corporate communism, into a one-world government. Everyone is forced to bend their knee through critical race theory and intimidation and mind control. You feel helpless, don't you? You're watching uh, parents combating uh, school boards who are so narcissistic, they're not paying attention. They don't want to. They know best. It's going to be world government crammed down your throat. We need to indoctrinate your children. And there's nothing you can do. We're not listening to you parents. You don't have the right to have your kids because, you know, like I said before, these people are probably huffing smart dust. Have you ever wondered why the Democratic Party the United States all think alike, all vote alike, all, 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 all walk lockstep in each other? Maybe they've been huffing smart dust. If you don't know what smart dust is, go watch my prior video in part seven. Ezekiel chapter 13 verse 18 says this, Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the women who sew magic charms on their sleeves and make veils for the heads of people of every height to hunt souls. Will you hunt souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? And I'm reading out of the New King James. These are not necessarily referring to women, but rather if you know ancient pagan religions of the Middle East, these are followers of the huntress, Artemis, Diana, uh, Aphrodite, whatever, you, a lot of names there. And these are the followers of the huntress. And you will see a direct reference to this later in the very text of Ezekiel chapter 13. These are the practitioners of the triple goddess religion here, known as the old crone, the mother, and the warrior maiden, which is Artemis. All three hunt souls to set up and betray. Their storylines is all about setting somebody up and betraying them in the end. It's a side note, don't have time to get into all the details here. They are the feminine of the chaos of the yin symbol used in conjunction uh, with the evil good of the yang male principle. So the female brings in the chaos and the male says we are about stability. So they play on each other creating the chaos in order to tear down and build back better Luciferian world. Think about it. That's what their idea is. Look at verse 18 again. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to those who sew magic charms on their sleeves. What does that mean? That means put people in their pocket to control them. Make veils. Okay, what does that mean? Veils means mask of doom, no hope to control. Mask a veil so they can't see the poison they're eating. Mask, they can't see anything. They're, they're, they're blinded by the mask. It says in the 
um, and I think it's Corinthians there, chapter 10, Second Corinthians chapter 10, or or First Corinthians chapter 10, I can't remember one, that the God of this world has blinded. The idea is blinding, deific mask, put these masks on, power, control trips, anything. And these are masks of doom, no hope. Masks to control people, masks to control even the people who worship these things that are doing this. They're thinking they're doing something really good. And for the heads, and the word heads means leadership of people. For the leadership of people of every height, have them hunt the souls. We hunt souls of my people and keep yourselves alive. God is challenging them. He's confronting them. Okay, this is confrontation time by the Lord God Almighty against these people. So what God is doing is mocking them. We can remind these spirits that are controlling these people that hunt souls with despair and give up and feel despondent. Remind them what God thinks about their antics and will do to people who will not repent of this. Next, look at verse 19 of Ezekiel chapter 13. And will you profane me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread, killing people who should not die and keeping people alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies? Handfuls of barley for pieces of bread expresses high-order sex magic and extreme high-order occultic magic being unleashed, which is too far profane and sickening to go into great detail here. Why are they doing this? They want to kill people who should not die and keeping people alive who should not live. Okay, They most certainly can do this. The church is largely ignorant of this, yet God himself says this does happen. How do they kill people who should not die? And how do they keep alive people who should not live? Meaning the profane. They keep themselves alive, but they want to slay the good in order to keep themselves alive. Think of, let your mind wonder on that. So how do they do this? Well, the next phrase explains, by your lying to my people who listen to lies. The word lies expresses this meaning, deceiving, tricking, by character assassination, through the worship and service of words used in debates and rhetoric against being trustworthy or loyal to God and each other or one's own homeland, gender, whatever the context in indicates, is all about character assassination, nation assassination, uh, deceiving and tricking people into believing, gender assassination, whatever the context applies here, by lying to my people who listen to uh, character assassination, tricking into that manner. Think about it. Think how realistic this is, and you're witnessing it right before our eyes today, and you're all don't know what to do about it. And the Lord has given you what to do about it as Christian believers. If you're not a Christian, this ain't going to work for you. Okay? You see any of that lately? Have you seen any of this stuff happening? C critical race theory, Marxism, school boards ignoring parents. There's door knockers going to door to door now. If you support the Bill of Rights, law and order, you know that there's only two genders. You believe in equal justice under the law. You, you believe in decency and goodness. You believe in freedom. Well, you're now classed as a domestic enemy terrorist who has no rights and deserve to be censored. Shut up and obey or else. If you disagree with them, then you are worthy of being purged and exterminated. How? By lying debates, rhetoric, and words to my people who listen to lies to believe these lies. You get the picture, folks. So are you tired of this garbage? 
Are you tired of these wicked people who appear with noble intentions but have a dagger behind their back and are eyeing your neck, folks? Well, I got to tell you this. God is angry at all who practice this. He wants those people who practice it and give them plenty of time to turn away from it because that's how good he is. So after we do battle in the spiritual arena first, God calls us also to make a stand against demonized folks who lie against us. Oh, you brood of vipers, Jesus would say. And he made a stand against them. How? By what God says about it. Not us, but what God says about it. Let's, let's look at this further. Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against your magic charms, putting people in your pockets to control by intimidation and, and make them weak and fearful and despondent so they don't do anything, by which you hunt souls there like birds. I will tear them from your arms. Let the souls go, the souls you hunt like birds. We can speak this out, folks, in spiritual warfare against a demonic host behind the wicked like this. I'm going to pray here so you get a picture of this. We can speak like this in spiritual warfare. Heavenly Father and Lord God Almighty, through the name of Jesus Christ, it says, You will tear us from their arms. Therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let the souls go. The souls you, you hunt like birds. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. Back off, Jack, in the name of Jesus. Back off now in the name of Jesus. Release us now, Lord Jesus, and remind them of what you said here in Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 21. I'll also tear off your veils, your blinders, your deific mask that the Spirit sent to control our minds and tie us to darkness. And you will deliver your people out of their hand, and they shall no longer be as prey in these vile, wicked people's hand. And these people will know that you are the Lord. That's what I'm praying. That's what I'm asking for in Jesus' name. Let them know just who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, I got to tell you, the wicked rob, kill, and destroy, proving that they ain't all that loving. They have to tear down the system, totally destroy it, make lives miserable, collapse the world's economy, make you miserable, destroy all that is decent and good in order to build it back better is a crazy, lunatic, Luciferian idea. Think about it. They're not all that loving or kind. Their deception and lies are being exposed when you start praying this stuff. And you can blow the lid off it. How? By how they attack all that is decent and good. And you have to make a stand. You stand on what is right and true. Objective, factual, 100% truth. I want to ask a big question to many people out here in the United States. Can you trust a political party that supports defunding the police? with our very election laws? I want you to think about that. Will you, some of you start speaking up in the name of Jesus. Some of your kids are being threatened uh, for uh, surgeries that are unalterable and ruining their entire life. You have a political party that supports this. Look what's going on. Speak against it. Even if they come against you with clubs and beating you up to a bloody pulp, at least people will see that these people ain't all loving and kind and they are propagating a lie and the deific masks are being lifted off of people this happened in the first century church god gave courage god gave the first century church courage to stand against this type of stuff and they did and through great persecution great trial and stuff they overcame think about it that's what a book of acts church really is about standing against this stuff look at verse 22 from the new king james again 
Because with lies, deception, through constant bombarding, debate, rhetoric, and ideas and philosophies, you have made the heart of the righteous sad, disheartened, brokenhearted. They lost hope. They're filled with gloom, despondency that comes by constant drumbeat of intimidation and occult magic by a foe that comes across as unstoppable and superior. I'm applying the definitions in here so you can understand what is being said here. My people, whom I, the Lord God, have not made sad and sorrowful, you evil people have strengthened the hands of the wicked so that he does not turn from his wicked ways to save his life. Listen to what the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, says to you in verse 23. Therefore you will no longer envision futility nor practice divination, for I'll deliver my people out of your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So folks, why don't we apply that right now? So let's apply it. Heavenly Father, now I ask in the name of Jesus, that you, O Lord, will look upon their threats and grant to your servants here listening to me right now that with all boldness we may speak your word to these people. I ask that you stretch forth your hand to heal and do mighty signs and wonders to show your love of God here that were done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Why? To stop their mouths, stop their slander against you and against your word. They are mocking you, Lord God, and we're asking for justice. Know this, all you who do these things, the Lord God, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, says to you, as he says in Ezekiel 13:23, Therefore you shall no longer envision futility, nor practice divination, for I will deliver my people out of your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. You will know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God Almighty. You will bend your knee to Lord God Almighty. Shut up and desist right now in the name of Jesus. Folks, that's how you do spiritual warfare. So will you add this to your repertoire of spiritual warfare techniques? Well, folks, I'm going to end this today. This is kind of a little shorter video, but I just wanted to let you mind wonder on this topic. Okay? So, for those of you who don't think that confrontating, I would ask you, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. If you really love them, they may need a rebuke to tear off the deific mask over them. And... Peter and John were walking, and they healed a lame man. In Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, it talks about this event. And they were taken up by the powers that be and told not to speak in the name of Jesus or else. It's curtains for you. So they decided not to listen to them. So they, they went away, and they gathered the church together, and they did spiritual warfare against the principalities and powers behind them first. That's in the last few verses of Acts chapter 4. And they asked to be able to speak God's word against those who threaten and to, in order to stop their shrillness of telling them you can't speak in the name of Jesus. We, we, we're, we're all about building it back better and you're, you're the enemy. Yeah. So why don't we do the same against the kingdom of the snake on the synagogue of Satan that's under the influence of the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness and the host of wickedness? We are living in dark days, folks. We need a revival in the heart of the church to repent of its own infiltration first. I'm going to talk about that more next time. But for now, let me state that censorship is real. And if we are cut off, I'm going to ask you to please go to the Daily Renegade 2.0 website and become a member today. And if you like this video and what I'm doing here, i like you to share this video, ring that bell, and please consider supporting what I do here by looking at your screen for my contact and support information and just help me out with that i want to ask you to be blessed in jesus name stay strong and overcome in jesus and remember 
Remember what it's about. Use Ezekiel chapter 13 verses 17 through 23 in this high order spiritual warfare against the very people who are demonized to practice what they think is goodness and mercy by taking away freedom, liberty, and rights and making you an automaton, easily controlled, easily manipulated. you got to do battle against them. So with that, you all take the war to the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen.